Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, every once in a while, people ask me about how I started my business. And it's kind of funny because I have to admit, during the last year, I have been so very distracted. For so many of you, I, I, it's been bad, and I apologize uh, in terms of innovating, getting orders out, resupplying our website, making the changes that we've talked about, all those things. I intend to do that. I will do that. I've just had a lot of things going on in the fish world and outside the fish world, but particularly in the fish world that took my attention, attention in different directions for a bit, some projects for others and things like that. But one of the things I'm looking at is refocusing my business. And when I'm starting to re- sort of study what Tannen has done over the last eight years and which direction we want to go in the future, I think about you know where we started. And uh, Somebody told me that, you know, you should talk about like what what started your business, how you got it going, just just because it would be interesting. I guess it's interesting to some of you. Um, and uh, I penned it down when I was talking to my friend on the phone. I just wrote down lessons learned on the road to global domination. And OK, that sounded a little bit arrogant, but it was kind of funny. But look, when I first started Tannen, the idea of global domination of this unique market segment that we're in, sort of an inside joke at first, was actually pretty easy to accomplish because there wasn't such a market segment to dominate. So yeah, there we were. I think a lot of hobbyists give thought to the idea of starting their own business. And that's really exciting to me. And because, again, I receive so many questions about the businesses of of the aquarium business, and I've I've been in a few successfully, and um, people ask me, so I kind of want to review sort of where I've been in as a business person, as a hobbyist, and the lessons that I learned while I was making the transition from one area of the hobby to another. Um, another thing that many of you asked me to talk about. So as you suspected, you can't really talk about the business without talking about the hobby it serves. So we may bounce in and out of the couple of areas during the course of this little discussion. It's going to go all over the place. I'm prepared to fasten your seatbelt. So about... This all started about 2015. Uh, I decided to make a little pivot away from the business end of the reef aquarium hobby world. I was a co-owner of a very large, very successful coral propagation business here in Los Angeles. We imported and brought in corals. This company's still going strong. The company's called Unique Corals. Um, and we were rocking it. But at some point I was like, you know, um, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Um, I... My other obsession in the aquarium hobby was this, what I call botanical method or blackwater aquariums. Uh, You know, again, uh, doing the coral thing was great. It was was a lot of work, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. And it was getting to be a pretty big operation. We had a lot of employees, a big volume of business. But something inside told me that it was time to move on. And a lot of my reef keeping friends, uh, people in that world at the time were in like disbelief when sort of the word got out. I left the business sort of at the top of my game as it was really starting to break out. From a business standpoint, I can understand why people might have been a bit surprised. Why would you walk away from this thing? Yet oddly, as much as I enjoyed it at the time, there was this other itch that I had to scratch, something completely different and very original in the freshwater world, that being tenants. And my friends, you know, freaked the fuck out predictably. I can see why that raised a few eyebrows among industry observers. To this day, every once in a while I hear a podcast where someone will talk about an idea or something that I came up with and say, remember Scott Feldman? I think that's kind of funny because I'm still here, guys. Um, But from a hobby standpoint, the response seemed a little bit weird. I mean, just because I focused my business efforts on the botanical method aquarium world didn't mean that I abandoned reef keeping. 
No, I just put my business focus on a different challenge. When I announced that I sold my interest in the coral biz and started tenant, some of my daily blog readers, yeah, I wrote a daily reef blog too, were literally thinking I'd lost it. Like, you know, Feldman's lost it, he's gone off the deep end, which of course I found amusing because I'd likely gone off the deep end long before that. But on the surface, the transition, I guess, did seem a bit crazy. Going from an A-lister in, a, in one world to complete obscurity in another was something a lot of people who knew me just couldn't believe I'd be okay with. They thought my, my ego would have been harmed or whatever. But it was awfully comfy being invited to speak at conferences and clubs all over the world. It was If there was a glamorous part of the aquarium hobby, the reef hobby speaking circuit was it. Lots of travel, some invites, and you kind of get a virtual rock star status. It was kind of weird. Nobody really knew me in the freshwater world. So to me, it was totally cool being this opinionated nobody writing these insane rants about weird topics, talking about crossover hobby skills, and let's face it, selling dried twigs and nuts intended to be placed in your aquarium to make the water brown and to decompose. Yeah, it wasn't easy to sell at first. That took a while to sort of seep into the freshwater world. And damn it, it did. I mean, we helped, and I will fully admit it, we helped to create a global movement in the aquarium hobby. And that's not some brag, it's a fact. It was my stated goal in 2015 when we started to do just that. It wasn't just to sell twigs and stuff, it was about creating something bigger, to sell the idea of a different approach to ecologically diverse, biologically interesting, truly natural aquariums. We had to start 100% from scratch to do it though. I mean, just look for the terms botanicals or botanical style or botanical method aquarium anywhere in the aquarium world prior to 2015. They're, they're just not there. You won't find them. There was no market for botanicals in the aquarium hobby, and there was no one calling them botanicals for that matter. Now, sure, people added leaves and twigs and stuff to aquariums for generations before you know we ever arrived on the scene, but there was no resource, no specific methodology ascribed to the practice, no place you could turn for this stuff. It wasn't looked at as a way to create function-forward aquariums, which I think is kind of funny. So we didn't just launch a brand that sold stuff. We pushed out our philosophy and idea and had to educate and create a methodological infrastructure along the way. The crazy shit. And it was hard. I mean, really hard, but totally fun. Now, sure, it took a few years to get our ideas out in a more concise, systematic manner. We spent a lot of time just talking about our vision of the concept of the botanical method. Or at that time, we called it botanical style, which was that bad choice of words, style botanical method aquariums and how they represented a functional version of nature, reassuring people and of course ourselves that the approach wouldn't kill every fucking fish you put in your tank was a big thing. So another lesson here, spread your ideas, whatever they are in the hobby, relentlessly and continuously. As you know, we utilized our blog, our podcast, magazine articles, speaking gigs, whatever, to help disseminate our message virtually every day where I would give the usual gibberish or whatever you want to call it to a whole new audience. I've been told, and I'm starting to agree, that the tin is literally the living work, the Bible of the botanical method aquarium approach. Eight years of near daily writing, and in this case doing the podcast, will do that to you. Now, of course, other brands, great brands, have launched into this space since then, which I've always seen as sort of a proof of concept that this botanical method aquarium thing works. It's a valuable idea. We've Got a ton of questions uh, in the past of people saying, do you feel threatened when new vendors pop up on the scene? And the reality is I never really saw the appearance of a new brand or vendor or authority in this sector as some kind of looming threat, which is an important lesson for many erstwhile hobby business owners to learn. In fact, I was so unconcerned about it that I deliberately allowed things to sort of stagnate for a while with Tannen while I took on other projects. 
allowing other people to fill that space. And it doesn't bother me one bit. Does it bother me that maybe I could have been farther along doing something else if I would have put more attention into this for the last year or so? Oh, perhaps. But it just doesn't bother me in terms of, oh, I'm losing ground or 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 mind share or whatever. I'm honestly too busy doing my own thing to worry much about other people. It's just not an issue. Now, why is that? Because we were founded on the very idea of going into new and obscure hobby niches and areas of interest that we love, ones which few, if any, people are working with and certainly not trying to build businesses around. The approach of sort of scratching your own itch gives you a lot of freedom to be creative. And if it excites others, they come along for the ride. You build your tribe, you create a brand, and you build a foundation. Simple and difficult as that. What makes one source for botanicals better than others? I mean, a leaf's a leaf, right? Well, not necessarily. Quality is apparent, but there's more to it, of course. But it's the information, the ideas, the philosophy, how the ideas present it. That's the hard part. The brands that truly excel are doing that. And here's the meat of my answer for those who worry about it. Yeah, with more interest, more vendors, and more hype about botanical method aquariums in general, there's a lot more, I don't know, noise. Meaning, of course, a lot more BS to filter through. A consistent lack of information, with a few exceptions, and not a huge body of recent first-hand experience with botanical method tanks for newbies to draw upon, at least not until recently. Tannin just sort of keeps evolving, or kept evolving, at least until, until last year when I decided to take a break for a little bit from it and do other things, but uh, it's still evolving uh, and um, pushing out new ideas in the hobby. And I'm very excited for 2024. I've got a lot of crazy stuff we're going to play with. It's something I love doing. We keep moving daily. We have literally dozens of ideas going right now related to the idea of botanical method aquariums, which are not, like nothing you've seen before. I haven't talked about them with anybody. I don't think anybody's even thought of this crazy stuff. And I'll be launching some new and exciting tangential, tangential, boy, I hate that word, tangential. Did I say that right? Anyway, parallel <laughs> directions. We're going to be doing that for a while. Things never get stale. And let's be honest, if somebody really wants to imitate, which I think is very flattering, what I do... Um, the imitators become pretty obvious in the market, the, the newer people. I have a body of work going back eight years or more. Look at that. Um, when you're you know, there first and you're really crushing it, people who come into the space later have little that's unique to offer if they try to follow your same formula. And everyone knows it. Most don't take any time to educate the consumer on the idea behind the products they sell because that's all they want to do is sell shit. Now, my two friends... Um, Ben from Beta Botanicals and James from Blackwater UK, they take the time to educate, build community, entertain, examine, explore, grow, you know, but some of the other people, they let Tannen or, or for that matter, uh, James and Ben do the heavy lifting, right? Just regurgitate what we've done without bringing anything new to the table. A real follower's mentality. And that's really sad and it's unnecessary. That's why most of these other brands out there, I'm not saying besides Tannen, besides the three I've mentioned and maybe some others, most of them are, well, I guess they suck. They take the easy way out. Replication has always been easier to accomplish than innovation. Look, I'm not simply trashing brands which want to do the same thing that we do. I'm trashing brands in our sector or any hobby sector which bring nothing new to the table. That simply sucks. Now, being first on the scene isn't a guarantee that you're going to be the dominant brand or even that you're going to be the best. And as the incumbent, you can get complacent, especially with innovation. You have to keep going or you'll die if that's your thing. The lesson here, expressing yourself and your ideas via your business and working in areas that you love will always differentiate you from the rest of the market. 
Take the time to build out the infrastructure of your idea. It's not an immediate results sort of thing. It takes time. It's a continuous process. Innovation never stops. Most brands get comfortable simply existing. It's not enough. You need to keep building upon what made you start the thing in the first place. Sometimes you have to tear things down and start over again like I'm doing, take a totally different direction. The passion and the energy that you bring to the table will continue to make you unstoppable. Do the hard work, the stuff that no one else wants to do, and it'll always take you somewhere. Always move forward think differently and try to act upon your ideas as fast and as frequently as you can. Now, for some reason, I'm always drawn back to the reef world. You know, Tannen's just, you know, eight years old now or so, a little over eight, yet headed into some very interesting things in the freshwater and brackish water world and perhaps the reef world in the future. Our vision of aquariums and aquatic displays is not that sterile green and white world you've become accustomed to and, you know, an Instagram and everything else. And it's not the overly artistic conceptual art approach either. Rather, it's about a living, breathing, earthy habitat with tinted water, decomposing botanicals, in many ways, sort of reef-like, isn't it? And don't rule out, a, like I said, a niche saltwater re-entry by tannin at some point. All sorts of ideas here. Okay, enough about me and my company and talking, you know, whatever about business lessons for a bit. What about lessons that we can learn from thinking differently about other parts of the hobby? Let's turn uh, our focus on the reef, uh, uh, on our hobby uh, world, the aquarium world, the freshwater one for a minute. Let's, yeah, the freshwater world from a slightly different perspective, as I like to say. It's radically different than the reef world, which I operated in for decades prior. It's been established for more than a century, and there are specialties for just about everything, making it unbelievably segmented, good and bad if you're a marketer, of course, depends how you look at it. And the freshwater world, sophisticated as it may be, has some strong cultural beliefs which keep it hanging on to some, well, closed-minded thinking, in my opinion. Oh, and many of them look at us reefers as trend-mongering hipsters. Now, some of that might be true, but the fact is that the reef-keeping world can teach the old-school freshwater world a thing or two as well. The majority of hobbyists tend to force our fishes to meet the environmental conditions that are easiest and most convenient for us to supply. We typically do without even thinking much about it. I'm often surprised um, during conversations with some of my freshwater friends who are thoroughly convinced that it's important and beneficial to the aquarium hobby to have adapted fish to our captive conditions, even to breed, you know, and breed uh, under them because uh, rather than attempting to accommodate their evolutionary needs by recreating the habits from which they came. In other words, fishes which for eons have evolved to inhabit, you know, soft acidic waters are being acclimated to and even bred under hard alkaline tap water conditions. I mean, it works, but I wonder if there are any long-term impacts of this practice. The idea of repatriating fishes which come from soft acidic blackwater habitats from our tap water conditions back into those environmental conditions under which they've evolved and learning how to manage the overall captive environment is by no means new or revolutionary. It's just that the hobby sort of taken a mindset of, you know, it's easier or quicker for us to adapt them to the conditions which we can most easily offer. Just because they can acclimate, and I use the word in air quotes, to a wildly different condition than they've evolved to live in under, uh, you know, in the wild doesn't mean that they should. I mean, it's not about us, right? The consistently successful, serious breeders have understood this fact for a long time, and we all should, in my opinion. As we've demonstrated, it's not at all impossible to provide these types of conditions as a matter of practice. Need an example of this concept? Well, look what happened with the reef community. Once hobbyists devoted their energies to providing fishes, corals, and inverts the conditions that these organisms required to thrive, 
conditions the organisms evolved in under you know evolved in under over eons of time rather than the conditions that were easiest for the hobbyists to provide the hobby exploded with success beyond our wildest dreams in terms of coral growth and invertebrate growth to pretty much everybody who wanted to learn the rules of the game the rules of the game and yeah technology and products eventually showed up on the market to enable the process of more easily providing what corals needed not to adapt them to more easily or conveniently provided low light low flow or whatever conditions rather it was to make it easier for the largest number of hobbyists to provide the you know the most natural conditions which make it possible for these organisms to thrive as much as we would have liked to have been able to keep thriving reefs full of corals in you know table salted water or whatever nature doesn't play that way we have to play nature's game. I've talked about this many times. To all my fellow reefers, the people that played in the reef keeping world, pat yourself on the back. It's a lesson learned early in the modern era of reef keeping some 30 odd years back, which has enabled landlocked hobbyists in you know, frigid climates to be able to successfully keep delicate reef building stony corals in their living room. It's what's enabled an entire industry of dedicated professional coral propagators to grow enough coral to pretty much meet the demands of the entire market, making it almost unnecessary to harvest from wild reefs. It's what's enabled even the neophyte reef hobbyist to be able to enjoy the wonders of the tropical ocean in his or her very first aquarium. Accommodating the organisms that we want to keep based on their needs, not the other way around. That's a valuable lesson that the entire aquarium community can learn from. And that's just the way we do stuff around here as reefers and for that matter, as freshwater botanical method aquariums. That's the cost of admission. No other way is even considered. That's the kind of stubbornness I can get behind. And again, from a business standpoint, yeah, that's what we did. We wanted to prove to the world that you could give fishes conditions and an ecological means to exist that is very similar to what they evolved in over the years. I think that's a really great lesson. And, and, and we're relentless about it. It's a continuous push to improve and to innovate, and it just never stops. Constant, relentless effort to innovate, you know, craft work with what you got, to improve, to drive your business or idea forward, regardless of what competition, if you want to call it, is trying to do. Don't listen to the accolades. Don't get taken down by the criticisms. March to your own drummer. Work with what you've got. Move forward in a manner that works for you. If you've got something people want, the market will decide, you'll, and you'll win. If you don't, well, you still have options, right? So that's today's slightly long-winded answer to an off-asked question about the aquatics business. So I just thought I'd share that with you today. Very uh, little detour from what we normally do here, but just wanted to let you know everything's good. We're going to be back and really doing some interesting things soon. I've been playing around with some kind of cool ideas, and I'll, I'll share those with you as we get closer to me actually executing on them. So in the future... And now, as always, I want you to stay stubborn, stay curious, stay dedicated, stay proud, stay engaged, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tin and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Tin 